Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring TMA with Nick Hamilton, Extra Dose. This is TMA with Nick Hamilton. Wake your goat mouth ass up. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what this is coming down through the audience, but look like he just came out of the basement. TMA with Nick Hamilton. You know what I'm saying? Thank you because because now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM Slam Radio 145. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be on this planet. Hope everybody had a great weekend and a great start to the brand new week. A whole lot to talk about on this episode as we get into the college football playoff rankings, as well as what's next for certain teams. Also, we'll get into the coaching carousels around college football, who lands where, who will probably have the most success. Heisman Trophy candidates, who's the ultimate favorite? We get into some NFL talk. And Deion Sanders definitely makes the headlines once again. Was it good? Was it bad? You decide, or if you haven't already, I'll let you know what I think about that and more here on TMA with Nick Hamilton. Now, what I need you to do is go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Nick Hamilton LA, as well as on Twitter at Nick Hamilton213. That's on Twitter at Nick Hamilton 213. Make sure you hit me up and subscribe to me on YouTube at youtube.com slash NH Experience TV. All your sports entertainment interviews are all located right there from some of the biggest stars in the world. So make sure you tap in. All right, y'all. Now, we are, what, almost 48 hours removed from the college football rankings and who's going to be playing and competing for a national championship in the 2021, excuse me, 2022 year, I should say, for the 2021 season. Now, we know Alabama, Michigan, Cincinnati, and Georgia are the four finalists to compete in the college football playoff. The funny part about that is, see, what makes me so happy about a lot of stuff, first of all, this was a great weekend, right? This was a great weekend for me. I Hopefully, it was great for y'all, but if it wasn't, hopefully the next weekend would be better. But for me... It was great. Went to Vegas, had to cover the Pac-12 championship on Friday night at Allegiant Stadium. Let me tell you, I'm I'm spoiled with SoFi. I still believe that SoFi is the greatest built stadium I have ever been a part of. But Allegiant Stadium has something to say. That is a great venue. It's electric. Um, I've never been there for a Raider game, but I can only imagine what it's like just being there for, for a college football game between Utah and Oregon uh, with 61,000-plus people inside. I mean, that place is amazing. I mean, the, the, the press box is, is great. Um, the amenities are great. It's a, long, it's a long-ass walk, though, to get from one side to the other. Uh, that's the only thing I did not enjoy. My feet didn't enjoy it, and I sure as hell didn't enjoy that part. Outside of that, the venue is great. As, as we all know, Utah destroyed Oregon and outscored them this season 76-20 to 20 in both games that they played against each other this season. Not a good look for Oregon. Great look for Utah and Kyle Whittingham and his program he's run at Utah and all the adversity, all the bumps and bruises that they've endured over the course of time to be able to now compete in the Rose Bowl against Ohio State on January 1st in Pasadena. And it's probably going to be 50-50 because Utah, to, Utah fans travel pretty well. 
And I was thoroughly impressed. I mean, the, the Pac-12 championship was basically a Utah home game. I expected way more Oregon fans than I, than I thought. And that was basically a Utah home game. It was probably 75-25 Utah fans. And I'm being nice when I say that because it could have been way more. Because I only saw a speckle of green here and there. I saw a sea of red pretty much dominating the stadium. So congratulations to the Utah Utes on winning the Pac-12 conference and winning the Pac-12 championship. They will represent again in the Rose Bowl on January 1 against the Ohio State Buckeyes. As far as Oregon goes, ugh, not a good look for Oregon. Um, Kayvon Thibodeau, I believe, is still a top three NFL draft pick. Uh, the kid is dynamite. He has been dynamite battling injury throughout the season. But when he's in there, you notice him. You have to be pay attention to where he is at all times. Uh, between him and Sewell, those two guys, my goodness gracious. And we all know what Panay Sewell can do. But, man, on the defensive front, his younger brother, whew, that's a bad boy. And Kayvon Thibodeau is going to be fine. He's a very bright, intelligent, you know, masterful young man who has his, his, his head on right, knows what he wants to do. And, again, any, any franchise would be fortunate to, to draft him and have him in their organization. That kid is special. Um, very special young man on the field, off the field. I was thoroughly impressed when I had a chance to speak with him uh, during the Pac-12 media day earlier in this, you know, before the season went underway and was thoroughly impressed. You know, love the fact that he's from L.A., representing, uh, but the man has he knows what he wants to do, and he's definitely going to accomplish that again on and off the field. Now, when it comes to Mario Crystal Ball, he had a meeting with his with his athletes and with his players and coaches uh, on Monday to inform them that he will be leaving and taking the job that was recently vacated by Manny Diaz, who was fired by the University of Miami. And he's going to go ahead and return to his roots at the University of Miami. So Mario Cristobal is on the move to coach the Miami Hurricanes. He was an assistant under Larry Coker. So that's going to be interesting to see how he's going to be able to rejuvenate the U how he's going to be able to rebuild the U because they've been down for so many years. Um, all the things that he's going to have to do and compete with in the South. Now, now he's in Florida. I mean, I know that's his, his kind of his stomping grounds, but it ain't Oregon. I can assure you of that. It ain't Nike U. So he has a lot of work to do and a lot of ground to cover. And let me tell you something. He's on, he's on a short time frame. They're not going to give him 10 years to turn a program like that around. You on the clock, buddy. The moment you sign after that press conference, you are immediately on the clock. Which leaves the door open. Does Chip Kelly stay at UCLA? Now, there have been some reports that I've been reading that Chip Kelly could return back home to the University of Oregon to coach the Ducks. But my thing is, why would you? He's, I mean, UCLA is on a good trajectory to actually be a good, solid football program. I mean, they finished eight and four this year. They're headed to the Holiday Bowl in San Diego at Petco Park. They finished eight and four. They they destroyed USC, which you got to do that if you if you're a head coach at UCLA. He had a talent. He stuck with his talent. Uh, Charbonnet as a running back has been incredible. I think that kid does not get enough respect. Uh, that kid is a dynamic runner, very smart runner. Um, He's got some he got some jewels on that program. And 
I would like to see Chip Kelly stay at UCLA. I think Martin Jermon, who's the UCLA athletic director, has done a phenomenal job just turning the program around as a whole from the Jordan brand deal to be able to just building up the, the mystique and building up the support that is needed from just the, the student body, from the, the people from afar, the boosters, the supporters, the financial people, um, and be able to turn that program around and really create a different type of energy, a different type of vibe that's at, that's at UCLA in the athletic department, especially. So I applaud, you know, Martin German and what he's done. Had a chance to speak with him early, earlier in the year uh, at the Pac-12 media day. And, you know, he really has a vision for that school as far as the athletic department is concerned. He's been executing it. I mean, you saw him up early the time when college football game day came to, to the campus and the kids got up at three, four o'clock in the morning in the rain. Uh, he was out there during the week drumming up, you know, support and getting the, the kids out there and other people out there as well. So, I mean, UCLA is definitely on the come up and it would be interesting to see if Chip Kelly remains at UCLA as their head coach in the next few years, because I think Chip Kelly has done a really good job this year. And, the, you know, the more opportunities he gets um, to be able to recruit and to build that program up, you can't build a program up with a revolving door. You've got to get a guy in there that's willing to stick it out at least 10, 12, you know, 13 years. I know that's, that's strange to hear these days and times in college football, as we've seen the coaching carousel, but listen, you, if you want to build a, a program, you want to build a solid program, look what Nick Saban has done at Alabama. Nick Saban has been there for, what, 12 years now? Maybe 12 years plus now? 13 years? Look what he's done in that, that car. He's built a culture. He's built not just a winning culture, but a culture of football and a level of expectation that you have to meet in order to be even qualified to, to play at the University of Alabama for the Crimson Tide. And that's why Nick Saban has been so successful. Yeah, he's, I mean, you're going you're gonna to have offensive coordinators, D coordinators, leave, come and go. You're going to have those moments. But as long as the head coach remains in place and a guy that knows how to manage the game well and be able to have that eye to bring in a lot of different types of assistants to aid him in his quest to, to capture national championships, I think you're on the right track. And I do think Chip Kelly is on the right track. Now that USC has Lincoln Riley and what he's going to bring to the table, obviously he's going to be here hopefully for the next 10 years to build that program back up. Chip Kelly still going to have some competition, whether he stays at UCLA or not, regardless, it's still the Pac-12. Now, if he wants to move on to Oregon and, re and develop Oregon in that way, fine. Meet you, at, meet you in Vegas at Allegiant Stadium next year to face USC in the Pac-12 championship. But regardless, you're still going to have to face USC either way, either way you slice unless you move completely out of the conference and go to somewhere else, one of the other Power 5 conferences, uh, that you're looking at, but UCLA seems to be a prime destination, uh, and that's because of the work that Chip Kelly's put in over the course of time. It's going to be interesting when I look at the college football playoff. We know that Alabama destroyed Georgia, and I told you people, I told a lot of people that's listening to this program, don't bet on Georgia. Just because Georgia's number one, they had a great defense. I'm not taking anything away from the defense. When was the last time they had a difficult challenge in the season? Not named Notre Dame. I'll wait. They pretty much have had a cupcake schedule. On the other hand, Alabama's faced quite a bit of adversity. They lost to ATM, better known as Texas A&M. They had to deal with that, that foolishness down there with, with the head coach. Then 
they were on the verge of losing to Auburn, beat Auburn in four overtimes just to come back and compete with the Georgia Bulldogs in the SEC championship, possibly the most important game of their season and in, and, and, and with a lot of guys' careers on the line. And sure enough, even though they were down 10-0 in the game and Georgia was listed as six-and-a-half-point favorites, Alabama knew how to battle back. They just battled a week prior against their rival. Now, rivals get up for you no matter how sorry they are. They can be 0-11. And, and the 12th game on the schedule, they're going to play like they're 11-0. and And that's exactly what Auburn did in the Iron Bowl. They play like they were a number one rated team because it's Alabama, because it's their rival. War Eagle versus Roll Tide. Four overtimes later, Bryce Young and the Alabama Crimson Tide prevailed, won their conference, went to the SEC championship, beat the brakes off Georgia. So all you geniuses out there that pick Georgia, don't get mad at Georgia for losing. Get mad at the experts who dropped the line at six and a half for Georgia to, to prevail over Alabama. 41-28, final score, Alabama. Bryce Young looked remarkable. They were poised. They didn't flinch. They didn't get shook. They knew they were down 10-0. They'd been there before. It was like the daddy from Friday. Y'all remember the movie Friday? Daddy was like, He's been down before. I taught him better than that. Get up, Craig. Come on, Craig. Get up, Craig. That's exactly what Nick Saban was saying. I taught him. I taught him. He's been down before. I taught him better than that. Come on, Bryce. Get up, Bryce. That's exactly what they were saying on the sidelines. And they played like champions. And they were awarded so. There's no way in hell you're going to tell me that, that Alabama should not be number one after defeating a number one rated team in Georgia, the way that they defeated them. Now, it was three or four point difference. I kind of say, eh, okay, do they really deserve to be number one, especially after the performance that Michigan put up against Iowa, holding Iowa to three points. Then again, it's Iowa. And they're not really a ranked team. But Alabama beat a number one ranked team that was number one all season long and destroyed them. Broke their backs. <laughs> oh, I loved it. Oh, I loved it. And I got, oh, trust me. Ooh, a lot of gloating going on on Saturday. Saturday was pretty much upset Saturday. Because you had the Big 12 championship between Oklahoma State and Baylor, which Oklahoma State could have made a strong case had Alabama lost, being that they're the fifth spot to get in to the college football playoff as well as be Big 12 champions. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that. <clears throat> I was choking like Oklahoma State the last minute. And Baylor made sure that Oklahoma State would be on the couch and looking outside of the college football playoff. And that's exactly what they did. Then you had Utah State against San Diego State, who've been playing some phenomenal football majority of the season. And San Diego State was the was the, the opportune favorite. Utah State had other plans. Destroyed them. Cincinnati beat the brakes off of Houston. Houston tried to get a little fight in the early on, early stages. Cincinnati said, oh, we're going to kick this into overdrive. Luke Fickle was like, okay, enough of this crap. Let's go. 
Rack them. Rack them. And then you had, uh, what was it? Like I said, Michigan beat up on 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 uh, Iowa, so Michigan is in. They're the number two. Cincinnati is three. Uh, excuse me, since uh, Georgia is three. Cincinnati is four. Let me tell you why Georgia. Wait, hold on. Let me make sure. Let me get that correct. Hold on, just a second, because I want to make sure I said that correctly. Okay, so yeah, Georgia is three, Michigan is two, Cincinnati's four, Alabama's one. I'm going to tell you why they put Georgia at three on the other side of the break. You're checking out TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM Slam Radio 145. Make sure you stay tuned. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Lowen. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker Every What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio Sirius XM. Yeah. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong. We are resilient. And we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid. But there is hope. Reach out to someone. Connect with your friends. Stay in touch with your community. And know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see, it's a bad idea to do that. I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing. You're going to be home today, so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look. Back. You give me that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Give good a thing little nobody can crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, Estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people... 
makes me get up in the morning, well, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can. And the word don't is the word do. And the word won't is the word one. And in the word impossible, it's possible. What do you tell them? You tell them, you know? You know, that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger. Because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, con terrible. You know, this is what it's all about. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 1249, iHeart Latino. All right, everybody, welcome back to TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145. Now, before the break, we were talking about the college football playoff and the rankings. And Georgia was ranked number three, and then Cincinnati was ranked four. The reason why Georgia was not going to be kicked out of the college football playoff, a couple of reasons. One, as I mentioned in the previous segment, Oklahoma State lost. So there was really no argument as far as trying to get Oklahoma State in there versus having a one-loss Georgia team in there. Two, Notre Dame. Nobody's going to put Notre Dame in there. They don't have a conference. And, again, don't bring as much money as Georgia would bring in there. Because ultimately, the, the goal is to have a rematch between Alabama and Georgia for the national championship. So one thing, settle it all. Kirby Smart, Nick Saban. The student versus the teacher. Ultimately, that's what, that's what college football playoff wants. So it made no sense to put Georgia at four. So just so they can face Alabama in the semifinal. Why would you do that? That's hustling backwards. If you're going to bring in the money, bring in the money. The money is the championship game. So there's an opportunity for Georgia to get back against Alabama. Because I'm going to tell you something right now. As good as Cincinnati was playing, strength of schedule. They have never seen a team like Alabama. And say what you want. Roll Tide. They might roll over Cincinnati. Michigan and Georgia is going to be the better game. It's going to be the more competitive game because I think Michigan has a really good offense, especially in the running game, but their defense is also good too. But I think Georgia has a chance to rebound from that loss in the SEC championship and see how they really respond, how that number one defense responds, how their quarterback responds. I think that's what a lot of people are going to look at. How does Georgia respond to such a detrimental loss in the SEC championship. Again, if they had lost maybe about three or four or five points, okay, hey, man, you just, you know, a couple turnovers or a couple, uh, you know, calls that didn't go your way, fine. But to get, to get beat up like that, let's see how you respond. So I think the better game is going to be Michigan against Georgia in the semifinal. We all, I, I would expect Alabama to be sitting there waiting on the winner of Michigan and Georgia for the national championship on January 10th in Lucas Oil Stadium. But it's money involved. This is all about economics. I keep telling people and everybody listening on this program, I tell you guys all the time, it's about the bottom line. What makes more money? 
Georgia brings in the money. Oklahoma State does not bring in the money like Georgia does. Notre Dame, as much as they have, they don't bring in the money like Georgia or an Alabama or Michigan does. There's nobody else. Ohio State, a two-team, a two-loss team like Ohio State, not going to cut it. If Ohio State had had beaten Michigan, made it to the Big Ten Championship, might have a better case. But that was a tall task for them. So it's going to be interesting to see. I got Alabama winning it all because I don't think – I think Michigan beats Georgia. I think they do. I think it's just something in the stars. It's been a wacky college football year. It's been a weird year in sports, period. So it would not surprise me if Michigan beats Georgia and then we have Alabama-Michigan. I would enjoy that game just to say. And matter of fact, I would rather see that game. I don't want to see a rematch of Georgia and Alabama. No, it's not because I'm worried about Kirby Smart and the defense. No, it's because I want to see something new. Like, give me Jim, give me Jim Harbaugh against Nick Saban. I want to hear Jim Harbaugh talk crap all week about Nick Saban, and the and and because you know it's going to come, you know it's going to happen. Jim Harbaugh can't help himself, and I'm here for it all. And then I want to see Michigan against Alabama. I think that'd be a great matchup. It's different. It's fun. The ride that Michigan has been on this whole season. I mean, why not? Why not? It's been a wacky year. Like I said, it's been a wacky year in, in sports, period. College football, the NFL is a whole different ball game. It's been wacky in the NFL. Was out at SoFi yesterday. I mean, not yesterday. Ooh, I'm getting my days mixed up. Sorry. Sunday, I was at SoFi Stadium for the Jaguars against the Rams and the Jaguars are absolute high school football team disguising themselves as an NFL team 37 to 7 Trevor Lawrence I think is an incredible talent I hope he doesn't turn into a David Carr and I don't mean to disrespect when I say that David Carr was actually a good quarterback he just had nothing around him and by the time they built him up he was he was gun shy a car could backfire. He dropped it to the ground. That's how shook he was because he had he, he had been sacked and, and tackled so many times. It was ridiculous. I mean, I mean, he was sacked more than the law allowed. And I think that's what's going to happen with Trevor Lawrence if they don't get him some pieces in there to really be able to, to make some noise and some headways and really be able to, to flush his talent and to be able to develop his talent. I don't know how long Eric Meyer is going to be there. Because the photo I saw yesterday at the end of the game between Sean McVay and Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer looked whipped. Urban Meyer looked like he went in the ring with Earl Spence, Javante Davis, and who else could I think of? Floyd Mayweather in his prime. That's how bad Urban Meyer looked after that game. He looked whipped. They whooped that dude like he stole something. And his team didn't help. And Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, hell, Von Miller almost got an interception. He tipped the ball and just didn't go in his direction. Matthew Stafford, everybody, the Rams nation co- collectively gasped as Matthew Stafford went down and had to be helped off the field a little bit. Fortunately, it was nothing major. Uh, knocked, got the wind knocked out of him. He fell on the ball, knocked the wind knocked out of him. 
after one play, he was cleared to come back and finish out the game strong. I love the I love I love the fact that they gave Sony Michelle a lot more touches, and I thought that was smart of McVay and Kevin O'Connell to give Sony Michelle a lot of touches. I thought it was great. I give Daryl Henderson a break, mix it up some. Yeah, we know how great Cooper Cup is, but you got OBJ who got a touchdown. All wide receivers, wide receivers on the Rams scored a touchdown. Van Jefferson scored in the back of the end zone on his tippy toes. You had OBJ who finally scored his first touchdown at home at SoFi Stadium as a member of the Rams. You had Cooper Cup, uh, who also had a record-setting day. You know, you had uh, you know you had a lot of guys involved. Tyler Higby was catching the ball like he he's able to catch the ball. There were a lot of factors in that, and the Rams looked a little different. They looked they played free. They played like they didn't they weren't playing with the lemon booty, right? They they were just so tight, can't move, can't function. So much pressure. It was like, look, man, we lost three straight. Okay. Then they had enough, and so the the, the football doctors ordered up. The Jacksonville Jaguars, that's a, that was a great prescription for them to get back on their winning track before a huge game against a division rival in the Arizona Cardinals next Monday night. And the Arizona Cardinals also had a high school team they played known as the Chicago Bears. So it's interesting that the two teams are going to play each other, both at high school teams in front of them that they had to play and destroy. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Rams on Monday night, because that's going to be another test. Yes, they went up to Green Bay, laid an egg. Went up to San Francisco, laid an egg. Can't lay an egg this time. Because your season could your, your season could be on the line. It very well could be on the line. Because moving forward, when I look at the schedule for the Rams, the Rams obviously have the, the Arizona Cardinals, as I mentioned, right? Then they play the Seattle Seahawks. Then they go on. They play the Seahawks at home at SoFi. Then they go on the road the day after Christmas and play the Minnesota Vikings, which are a scary team because we don't know which Minnesota Vikings team is going to show up. They're truly Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Then they go on. They stay on the road day after New Year's to face the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson. Not an easy task. Then they come back home on January 9th to end the season against the 49ers at SoFi. Care to guess how that's going to go? So again, they can't afford to be losing games. They've got to win pretty much. If they win the next four out of five games, they'll be in great shape. They'll finish 12 and five. They'll be in great shape. Even if they don't win the division, they'll still be in great shape. Because the Cardinals could slip. And I'm not confident that and even if the Cardinals do win the division and end up locking up the number one seed, there's no guarantee that they're going to win and, and everybody has to come through Arizona to get to SoFi for Super Bowl 56. There's no guarantee. Because I treat the Arizona Cardinals like the Utah Jazz. Great regular season team, but in the playoffs, they downright found some way to louse it up, fumble the ball, and crap the bed. And that's what I think the Arizona Cardinals are. I don't believe in the Arizona Cardinals. I don't. I'm not hating on them. I think they have a, a, a really good quarterback in Kyler Murray. I love DeAndre Hopkins. I, 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 I respect their 
excuse me, I respect their running game. I just don't see it. I don't. What do you want me to say? Okay, they beat up on the Chicago Bears. Again, a high school team. Let's see what they do Monday night in the desert at home. We know what they did to the Rams at SoFi. Ain't no denying that. They they mollywhopped them. But let's see if they can do it again twice. It's hard to beat a team twice in the same division. It's very in one of the toughest divisions in the National Football League. And pretty much, yeah, it's a, it's two to maybe three team race as far as the level of difficulty. I don't count the Seahawks because I think the Seahawks are just done. You, you stick a fork in them. Even though they, they, they help create distance between the, the 49ers and the Rams in the division with the win that they, the they, 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 uh, they were able to get on Sunday. But I don't think the Seahawks, I think the Seahawks are done. I think Russell Wilson, it may be the last time you see Russell Wilson in a Seahawks uniform this season. You know, especially after week 17, once the season concludes for them, it may be the last time you see Russell Wilson in the, in the uniform. Because if I'm the New Orleans Saints, the talent that I'm trying to develop and keep, why wouldn't I give Russell Wilson a call? Bring Russell to the 504, Woody. Why not? I would be making phone calls immediately. What do you want? Because I think Pete's Car- Pete Carroll's time has passed. I-, I like Pete Carroll as a head coach. I loved him at USC, what he did for the and how he resurrected that program, resurrected a team in- in- with the Seattle Seahawks, got them to two Super Bowls. They won one. So I think he- he's done a phenomenal job. He's definitely redeemed himself as far as being a coach and-, and a coach should be taken seriously, not only in the National Football League, but in the college ranks as well. But I think his time has passed. The man is 70 years old. He has nothing left to give for the Seattle Seahawks. Maybe he needs to go maybe somewhere else to maybe give him a challenge. Much how we like how we saw, uh, you know, with Brian Kelly, how he left Notre Dame and went to LSU. And one of the things he said, hey, I need a new challenge. And he's absolutely right. Brian Kelly needed a new challenge because he can only take Notre Dame so far. You're only going to go so far with Notre Dame. You're not winning a national championship in these days and times in college football the way Notre Dame likes to pretty much construct their teams because of their their high academic standards the way the college football is shaped now it's not going to work yeah you can go 10 and one or you know 10 and two or whatever you want to do and that's all fine and good but you don't have a conference the the academic standards are so strenuous you lose recruits so lsu not as not as many tough academic strengths that you have that you had at notre dame Guy has a chance to resurrect the program and become the guy. And maybe Pete Carroll needs to do the same thing. Maybe he needs to go to another team that needs a head coach to try to resurrect that franchise. I don't know, but I think it's I think they're done in Seattle. They're cooked. So it's time for Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll to, to uh, find themselves a divorce. Get the divorce court. Trade Russell Wilson. Let Pete Carroll go. And Pete and, and Russell could go somewhere else to, to you know, continue to solidify their careers until it's time for them to completely walk away. And the Los Angeles Chargers made sure they were walking away from Cincinnati with a W. They broke Joe Burrow. Chenna Nwosu, two sacks, strip sack. The defense looked well. And then one thing, let me give credit to Brandon Staley. I know a lot of times people want to uh, 
criticize Brandon Staley sometimes or, you know, look at his press conferences and he's very pays attention, close attention to detail. And he's very cerebral when it comes to his, his answers and very thought provoking. But something that a lot of coaches need to take note, and I think this is going to go over a lot of people's heads. It's really going to go under the radar, which is really sad. Joey Bosa had a concussion. Now, he's had a concussion before. The thing that stood out to me about um, Brandon Brandon Staley is the fact that he said, no, nah, sit this one out. And, and Joey didn't want to do it because Joey's the ultimate competitor. And why would you? Hey, coach, I'm feeling fine. I can go back in. No, sit down. And Joey finally understood. And that's a coach that's, that's, that's picking people over winning games. And what I mean by that is Brandon Staley still wants to win games, but he's not going to sacrifice his players in order to get that because he's looking at the macro versus the micro, meaning long-term, meaning we may go to the playoffs and we may have a deep playoff run. I need a healthy and, and functioning Joey Bosa on my defense. Why am I going to risk it right now when I got quality guys on my team like Uchenna Nwosu, you have, you know, Drew Tranquil, you have uh, Derwin James, you got Nazir Adderley, you got guy Michael Davis, you got guys on this team that can step up, right? You got guys on, and, and, and countless others, but I'm saying you got guys on this team that can step up. Why sacrifice your, one of your best guys on the defense for right now? So I, I think Brandon Staley played that extremely smart. Um, I think Brandon Staley knew exactly what he's doing. He came out on top victorious. Joe Burrow still still shook even today. He still shook after that charges that charges uh, loss because that defense. I told you that team is gonna. I think their identity is their defense. I know how great uh, Justin Herbert is. He he was phenomenal on Sunday. Justin Herbert was phenomenal Sunday. I'm not taking anything away from Justin Herbert and the greatness that he has. I'm not taking anything away from that. Because I think Justin Herbert is a is a guy that's going to be in this league for a long time, and I think Justin Herbert deserves the respect that he gets because he puts in the work. He's a very cerebral quarterback, and he finished 26 30, 35, 317 yards, three touchdowns, only one INT. The kid is phenomenal, but they got a they got a tough set. They got a tough couple of weeks coming up because they face the New York Giants, and then on a short week. Face a division rival, Kansas City Chiefs, and can they get it done twice this season in beating the Chiefs? And how do they not look ahead of the Giants focusing on the Chiefs? That's the scary part about this coming Sunday. Are they able to get to be able to look at the Giants for who they are, beat the Giants, and then on a short week look at, hey, we got a chance to win this division because if we beat, if we beat, and I'm saying the Chargers, I'm saying this is what the Chargers are saying, okay? So y'all start getting all up in arms. If the Chargers beat the Chiefs twice, they split with the Broncos. Let's just say they split with the Raiders because it is week 17. And, you know, guys are already in playoff position. I'm sure Brandon Studley is going to rest a lot of his starters. Right. So that might be a gimme win for the Raiders. They still can win this division. And if they win the division, they get a great seating in the playoffs which more than likely would guarantee them at least one home game in the playoffs. And that's the thing I love the most about it. AFC is wide open. P- 
Pittsburgh bounced back, as Mike Tomlin said, there were going to be changes. He actually was a man of his word. Buffalo, you look at New England, you look at Baltimore, even though they lost to Pittsburgh, but Baltimore is still a, is still a team that you have to look out for. And you still got to look at Cincinnati. Where's How's Cincinnati going to finish? AFC is wide open. Wide open. So I'm so happy and excited for the month of December because this is when it really gets good. All you fantasy owners, this is your time to shine. See how you let's see how you work it, how you work your magic, your December magic. This is that time. Coming up on the other side of the break, Deion Sanders creates some headwaves and some controversy. Deion? Oh, yeah. Definitely want to stick around your radios and check that one out. As well as we'll get into a little NBA talk. And uh we'll see what else comes up on the other side of the break. You're checking out TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM Slam Radio 145. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see, it's a bad idea to do that. I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing. You're going to be home today, so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. And then oh, you give me that puppy look. Back. You give me that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Good, good thing nobody can see you crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometimes. <laughs> good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. 
There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can. And the word don't is the word do. And the word won't is the word won. And in the word impossible, it's possible. What do you tell them? You tell them, you know. You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger. Because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, terrible. You know, this is what it's all about. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 2249, I Heart Latino. All right, y'all, final segment of the show here at TMA with Nick Hamilton on Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Nick Hamilton LA. Now, Deion Sanders, head coach of Jackson State University, obviously made headwaves when he became the head football coach at Jackson State and really put an HBCU team on the map and really gave an open door to other former NFL players to start coaching or at least taking on the responsibility of coaching HBCUs and trying to get them on the map and get them some attention and really leading young men to becoming men in society. And that's the one thing I give Deion Sanders a lot of credit is not only is he a football coach, but he's also a teacher of these young men. These young men look up to him. I mean, it's Deion Sanders, arguably the greatest cornerback in the NFL has ever seen. Still holds a record to this day. Nobody has broken it. Man scored a touchdown and hit a home run in the same week. Always got to bring that up when I'm talking about my man Deion Sanders. Coach Prime, as he as he's now called and referred to. Uh, he led Jackson State to an 11-1 record, including going undefeated in the SWAC conference. He recently won the SWAC championship. So congratulations to him as well as the Jackson State players. But most importantly, as I said earlier, Deion Sanders is a, is a teacher of men. And when you're teaching young men, so, and especially the, those that want, uh, have a desire to head into the NFL or actually going to the NFL, there are a lot of pitfalls. And what better person to know about those pitfalls better than Deion Sanders himself? The man was a polarizing figure when he played the game of football as well as baseball. The man had TV commercials. I mean, he was larger than life at one point in time. So what person knows about the dangers and the pitfalls of entering the next level when it comes to money, to finances, endorsements, the type of groupies that are going to come about? Everything that you can imagine, he's probably at least had, had experienced it or seen somebody who had experienced it. So what better person to bring it home to these young men and make it stick in their brains? So recently, uh, Deion's uh, Coach Prime, uh, invited Instagram model and Jackson State alum, Brittany Renner, uh, to speak to some of the Jackson State football players. Now, the purpose was to teach them how to avoid transactional relationships as they advance into their professional sports and non-professional sports career. Uh, the meeting took place back in October of this year, but the video was recently released via Instagram. For, I don't know how it, it came that late. But a lot of people... Uh, were upset behind it. Some people were in favor of it. Others were upset behind it because they felt like, how can you bring 
a quote unquote Instagram model to talk to these kids. You really think these kids are gonna listen to what she has to say, or they're gonna stare, they're gonna stare at her like a bunch of hungry lions looking at a steak. And both can be true. However, the goal was to, to bring somebody in who is in that world and what they look for, because if what she looks for could be similar to what thousands of others, quote unquote, Instagram models or influencers look for when they're looking for a meal ticket, better known as an NFL, NBA or Major League Baseball player. Just how the game goes, folks. Got to get used to it. Can't stay on your moral high grounds your whole life and wag your, wag your finger on your soapbox. And not like the world is just that beautiful of a place. It can be. But it also can be very treacherous and very dangerous if you're not equipped with the right game to know how to navigate your way through the perils of life. And I think Deion Sanders hit a home run when it came to getting his, his players' attention. What was he supposed to do, bring in some school teacher or some after-school counselor? Yeah, they're really going to listen to that, right? But bringing in somebody whom, first of all, she's notable, she's she's recognizable, she knows what's going on, and the players know who they who she is. And she said, quote, naturally, if you play a sport, that's an incentive to talk to you, Renner said. A lot of times these women, men in general, everybody wants something. Even if we have our own thing going on, it's like me being with you is a good because you boost my stock. I boost your stock. It's that simple, end quote. So now you understand why, or at least I hope you do. They're not looked upon as, as human beings or young men or men. They look upon as entities and stock. Stocks can be what, ladies and gentlemen? Trade it. Trade it for, trade it away. Depending on the rise and the, and the value of what that stock is. That's exactly what she's saying. And I agree with Dion doing this. I'm glad he did do it. I have no problems with him doing it. It's not like he told them, hey, I'm going to put these, I'm going to put uh, a renter in, in your room and let you guys let her have a private conversation with you guys. No. He had her in a room full of, in the team meeting room, full of the players, letting her speak. What better way to do it? Why? Why wouldn't, why wouldn't he do that? I thought Dion was very smart at that. He got the players' attention. And he got everybody else's attention by talking about it. So now, guess what? Hopefully, not only will it benefit the Jackson State players, but maybe it'll benefit other high school players and guys that's entering into Division I athletics as well as other schools, maybe other HBU schools that they may be playing football or basketball at. Maybe they'll listen to this as well. And maybe they'll learn something from all of this. So it's not just one way you can do stuff. So I have personally have no problem with what Deion Sanders did. Um, you know, I know whatever her personal situations are going on with PJ Washington, that's that's that situation. You know, PJ Washington, I always say he was the biggest simp I've ever one of the biggest simps I've seen. So that's his problem. What happens when you simp? That's what happens. Don't listen, get caught up, you start simping. Hey. That's what happens. And he said, and this is what this is what this is what uh, Deion Sanders said, quote, it is my responsibility as a coach to prepare my young man for any and everything that goes on the field and off. I brought Brittany Renner to educate them on how the game is played between man and woman at their age and stage. The message may not be for everybody, but trust me, it's for somebody, end quote. 
Message received, Coach Prime. Message received. I hope this other message is received about the Heisman Trophy. Heisman Trophy candidates will be are going to be announced pretty much, but also the winner uh, will be announced. I believe it's on December the 10th, if I'm not mistaken. I think it, yeah, it comes early this year. I believe it's December 10th um, at the Heisman candidates, uh, excuse me, Heisman Trophy um, winner will be announced. Um, Bryce Young needs to be the favorite. Be quite honest with you. Uh, Bryce Young made a spectacular shot up the charts with his performance against Auburn, his performance against Arkansas, and his performance in the SEC Championship where the nation can watch Bryce Young be the phenom that he is. Bryce Young is a young man from Southern California who USC passed on at the time when you had Gomer Helton as your head coach. Thank God that's done with. And Nick Saban had the eyeball and the vision to bring a young man all the way from Southern California, make him feel comfortable enough to play across the across the country in the University of Alabama and be their quarterback. He played some games behind Mac Jones, so he got some reps, learned from guys like Mac Jones, and was able to command the offense. Very brilliant young man. Very bright young man as far as just ready to go out there, play football, have fun, you know, throw the get the ball to the right, the right receivers, running backs, make sure he has enough protection, make plays, keep the chains moving. And Bill Bender from Sporting News, a friend of the show, wrote a great article about the Heisman Trophy candidates. I mean, you got CJ Stroud, the quarterback out of Ohio State, uh, Matt Corral, who's the quarterback out of Ole Miss. You got Kenny Pickett from uh, the Pitts quarterback, Adrian Hutchinson, defensive end from Michigan. That is a bad boy. That kid is dynamite. I can't wait to see him in the NFL. That kid is dynamite. And also rounding out Kenneth Walker, the running back from Michigan State. Now, the odds makers picked Bryce Young as the, as the favorite, as they should. Bryce Young definitely, if Bryce Young does not get the Heisman Trophy winner, something is damn sure wrong about this. That boy has played harder and played just as hard with a lot more pressure on him than most of your quarterbacks that I mentioned on that list. C.J. Stroud, I, I think he's a he's a he's an outstanding quarterback. Doesn't think he gets the Heisman this year. He should be in the running, though. Absolutely should be in the running. Absolutely should be in the running. But here's how the odds makers name. So Bryce Young is minus 220, CJ Stroud plus 450, Matt Coral plus 2000, Kenny Pickett plus 2000, Adian Hutchinson plus 2000, Kenneth Walker plus 2000. Bryce Young. This kid took a team and faced adversity like nobody's business. You don't get a bigger game, not just the SEC game, but a rival game against your against the, uh, uh, Auburn. Come on, man. Four overtimes. You were trailing majority of the game. And you come back like you lead your team back and you were poised. You were a sophomore and you were poised. 
The man has 4,322 yards, 40, 43 touchdowns, only four interceptions. Yeah, you heard me. Four interceptions. QBR of 89. For the entire season, he is the second best QBR in college football. He's second in touchdowns in college football, in D1 college football. Second. Has a completion rating of 59. So he completes 59% of his passes. Well, excuse me. He completed 59% of his passes in the SEC championship game. My apologies. Man passed for over 400 yards in the SEC championship game, by the way, with three TDs. Need I to say more? Bryce Young should be your Heisman Trophy candidate winner. He has the look. He got the feel. He knows the game. Playing for the number one rated team now in all of college football. And more than likely, will probably win the national championship. Under Nick Saban, who is the wizard. And if, let me tell you something. If Nick Saban wins another championship this year, hands down, Nick Saban is the greatest college coach of all time. Hands down. Fight me. Argue with me. I dare you. Nick Saban wins another national championship this year. He's arguably, not, not even arguably, he is the greatest college football coach of all time. Period, point blank. Nothing else to be said. And on that note, I'm going to get on up out of here. Thank you so much for tuning in to TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM Slam Radio 145. If you miss any portion of this broadcast, make sure you download and subscribe to us on all streaming platforms. That's Apple Podcasts, known as iTunes, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, and everywhere you can find, find podcasts for free 99. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Nick Hamilton LA. Also, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Nick Hamilton 213. Hit me up at Nightcast Media at nightcastmedia.com, as well as make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash NH Experience TV. Don't miss out. My man, Jake Warner. Producer extraordinaire will return next week and we'll be back with the brunch. So definitely don't want to miss out on that. It's going to be fun. We're going to cook up something real good for you guys. And uh, thank you so much to everybody at Sirius XM, Slam Radio, Nightcast Media, and all of you listening. Until next week, stay sharp. Be careful. I'm out. The views and opinions expressed on TMA with Nick Hamilton, Extra Dose, are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.